When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today's podcast is sponsored by FastBitcoins.com. FastBitcoins provides a simple way for people to buy Bitcoin directly from their bank account or with cash in physical stores. Their services are rapidly growing in availability across the UK, Estonia, as well as Canada, and they're launching in Australia soon too. FastBitcoins is committed to providing high-quality Bitcoin-only services. They want to make sure that the growing number of people interested in buying and benefiting from the possibilities of Bitcoin can do so easily, securely, and with as few distractions as possible. Learn more about FastBitcoin's range of services at fastbitcoins.com, including how you can earn Bitcoin for free through their referral scheme. That is fastbitcoins.com. Fastbitcoins.com. Go check them out. They tell me that I shouldn't and I tell them that I will They tell me that I'm cocky and I tell them that I'm ill This game is not a hobby, I go in like kamikaze Burn up tracks like Ricky Bobby, man, you catch, you know the drill What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast Now, on today's episode, we have got on the founder of Noir BNB. He is a real estate professional, digital marketer, entrepreneur, all-around interesting, fascinating guy this is Stefan Grant, a.k.a. Steph is Dope. Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? My man, I'm doing awesome, man. Thank you for the opportunity, bro. How are you doing? Yeah, man. Not too bad. Not too bad. We're still in this strange situation, but it seems yeah. like things are slowly returning back to normal. So yeah, I look yeah. forward to things opening and hopefully getting back to my normal life. Yeah, most definitely. I know you're probably craving some Nando's right now. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, but I feel you most definitely. Awesome, man. So I've just given a really brief intro there, but tell the people a little bit more about who you are. Yeah, man. Uh, so my name is Stefan Grant, a.k.a. Steph is Dope. And a lot of people don't know that the dope actually stands for Driven on Positive Energy. Um, I actually was like yourself. I, I, I was rapping, um, making music. I owned a record label, was doing my branding thing for a long time. But also I was born in Jamaica and moved to the States when I was about six, seven years old. So that mm. means I've got a bajillion jobs <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah man so a rapper marketer uh graphic design uh branding specialist a bunch of different things like that man but honestly man just try to stay positive stay working and just try to be forward thinking I, I can be i guess kind of controversial uh when it comes to my thoughts but i mean i, I feel like in this era if you've got common sense it can <laughs> controversial so it is what it is but yeah it, it's true man I, I feel the same way i feel like there's very little that i say publicly which is actually controversial like i think that the majority of people around the world would actually totally agree with most of the things that i say it's, but it's somehow true. it's uh at least on the world of the internet it seems like people yeah. find it very edgy so it's kind of fun 
Yeah, it is. It is fun, and I, I'd be lying if I said that I don't enjoy trolling a little bit. It's not even trolling. It's like if if you just say something, it's like it's people just get crazy, man. So yeah. it is what it is. Awesome, yeah. man. So tell us a little bit more about your about your life story. Um, so you were born in Jamaica, and mm-hmm. did you go to school there for a couple of years? Then I presume I did. I did. Okay. I went to school there for for a few years, and ironically enough, when I got here, I actually had to skip a grade because I guess I was a bit advanced for where I was. Shout out to the Jamaican educational system, mm-hmm. always very. And on top of that, I mean, education is very important to to Jamaican culture overall. Uh, my mother was a teacher, my aunt is a teacher, my grandmother was a teacher, so education is very big in our family. And But even coming from Jamaica to America was a very big culture shock, mm. um, so that was interesting. And, and even just being a, being a, a black person from Jamaica, like, like you gotta fit into American culture, but also assimilate to African-American culture. But I mean, I love American culture, I love African-American culture. So I mean, it was, it was definitely a bit of a culture shock and a bit yeah. of adjusting. What something that a lot of people don't know is that I actually, uh, I learned how to be American <laughs> by, well, I learned how to be African-American by watching the first Bad Boys movie on repeat. <laughs> right, oh, so. Wow. okay. So, so there was that, and uh, and um, I actually I got a lot of the rest of my American culture from watching Joe Rogan on like the Man Show and like Comedy Central growing oh, wow. up as well too. So there was also that, but I mean, yeah, bro, so crazy stuff. But honestly, I mean, like love, love, love living in America. I, I go to Jamaica pretty often as well too, man. Yeah. But it's it's been it's it's a cool vibe, and I think that actually being Jamaican as well kind of provides a bit of context for my political outlook because mm. one, I'm Jamaican, but I'm also a Rasta and we don't, as being a Rasta, we don't really get too deep into politics. So mm. I'm always kind of like an outside looking in type of person. I don't really, I don't vote or any type of stuff like that, yeah. but I'm always paying attention to what's happening and trying to make sure that I'm a, that I'm always up to date. So, I mean, yeah, man. No, that's really interesting, man. Uh, so I know it's, of course, you've been in the States for a, a long time now, but when mm-hmm. you first came over, what were some of the big culture shocks or things that you found really different compared to back home in Jamaica? Oh, man, a couple of different things. Well, in Jamaica, uh, and I, this, this is actually kind of similar in, in different places around the American South. One of the things that I noticed is that like in Jamaica, whenever somebody walks by your house, whether it be morning afternoon evening they say like it could be a stranger somebody you've never met they walk by and they're like hey good morning good evening good afternoon and like it's like it's like a it's customary to greet and in america like you just kind of go on about your business i mean in places like georgia and alabama and mississippi it still kind of has that old school feel mm. but in florida florida is is very southern but the most geographically southern state and there is a lot of southern culture here but yeah. also it's also kind of a mixed bag. I mean, you got a lot of New Yorkers and people from the West Coast and people from the Caribbean, a lot of Latin nations. So we're all just kind of out here just doing what we do, man. So I, I think that was really different. And even to that point, I know uh, a lot of, uh, like you actually put a tweet out saying how like when you speak to Americans, like you use different kind of words to kind of match things up. And when you said how like in America, we say eraser and in in, in, in England they say rubber. Like yeah. in Jamaica we say rubber as well, right? Okay, so okay. I remember I remember being a being a little kid in elementary. <laughs> like bro, I remember being a little kid in elementary school, like with this super Jamaican accent asking kids for a rubber oh, and they're no. looking at me like Oh no. Well, yeah. you, you wanna what? <laughs> so yeah. so yeah, man. So stuff like a lot of different stuff like that. But I mean on top of that too. It, it was it was it was also pretty cool too because in Florida there's a big Caribbean and a big Jamaican community so I was also kind of able to 
just still be myself and still kind of fit in that way as well. So mm. it, it wasn't too bad. It was cool. That's cool, man. Yeah, with the, with the language ones in the UK, for a Brit going to America, the two that are most likely to get you in trouble would be rubber and fag. Yeah. If you ask someone to, to pass you either of those, they, you might yeah. get a strange look. So yeah, yeah you got to Yeah, things probably, probably get a little bit dicey. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. Awesome, man. So, um, so I, in terms of, uh, integrating, how, how did you find mm-hmm. it? Did you find that people were, so you, you moved to Florida to yeah. begin with. So you've, you've been mm-hmm. in Florida the whole time. Okay, cool. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, well, I'm, I'm, I'm like lived in Florida for like most of my life. Yeah. Then when I graduated high school, I moved to LA. So I lived in California for like a year and mm-hmm. that was a totally different vibe, but really awesome, cool people like love the energy out there. And then I ended up moving to Washington, D.C., ironically enough. And before I even had moved to D.C., I went to go visit my brothers there. And the thing that bugged me out was that, like, so, like, they lived in Maryland right outside of D.C. So my brothers took me to a club in D.C. And Mm. one of the things that bugged me out was, like, they had a very rich and beautiful black culture. We were in the club. It was popping. Like, everything was cool. And when we first got there, I asked my brother, I'm like, where are we? He's like, we're in D.C. I'm like, Washington, D.C.? He's like, yeah, like, before I got there, mm-hmm. I thought it was, like, all government buildings, and, like, okay. I didn't know that, like, people actually lived there, and, like, there was, like, a whole scene and culture there before, you know what I mean? So I mm-hmm. lived in Florida, D.C., Maryland, a couple different places, man, yeah. Okay, man, that's cool, man. So, fast-forwarding a little bit, um, I, I read a blog that you posted the other day, uh, <laughs> which yeah. was actually talking about you founding this company, Noir B&B. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the story about, well, one, what Noir B&B is, and yeah. two, why you actually decided to found it. What's the story yeah. behind it? Well, so essentially what Noir B&B is, I mean, of course, everybody's heard of Airbnb before. So um, a lot of what a lot of people don't know is that Noir actually means black in French. So I was after my, well, let me provide some full context. Yeah, so. I was, I was, I told you I was making music and rapping and I was like putting together my own shows and the whole nine. So we were, we had actually planned, um, planned a hip hop show during this, during the A3C music festival in Atlanta. Mm. And while we were there, we actually, we booked a couple different Airbnbs. I booked one for myself cause I got to like a day before everybody else did just to kind of check things out and make sure everything was cool. And then after that, like I left, I checked out of that original Airbnb and then checked into the one with me and all my homies who were coming to the show. So we checked. I actually got to that one first as well. I did a whole like video of how cool the spot was and how dope it was and stuff like that. And then all the rest of the homies came the next day. And then we all like woke up the next morning and they were like, and the cops are like showed up with their guns drawn. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Like it was like literally guns in our faces. It was crazy. Yeah. So come to find out the next door neighbors had called the cops because they thought we were a bunch of black kids that were like robbing the house. Oh God! <laughs> essentially. Oh no. So yeah. Yeah. So the cops came, had their guns drawn. It was a whole crazy situation. But I mean, like I told you, like my name is, my, my name Steph is dope. Stands for, stands for driven on positive energy. So mm. when everything kind of gets wild, I try to like shift things and kind of deescalate things and just put them back in a, in a, in a more positive direction. So when that happened, I kind of used my social media skills and I asked the cops and I was like, hey, like, is it cool if we take a selfie together? And this is after like we had showed them the paperwork and like we, we like they knew they knew we were there legally. So mm-hmm. they were still kind of checking things out a bit. But I asked the cops who were hanging out with us. I was like, is it cool if I, if I take a selfie with you guys? And they were like, yeah, sure. Like as long as you get my good side. So I was like, all right, cool. So me and my homies, 
took a photo with these cops and then I posted it on my Twitter account and I was like, yo, the Airbnb we're staying at is so nice. The neighbors thought we were robbing the place and called the cops and I posted a <laughs> selfie of me and you like, yeah, bro. Yeah. So, so, so me and these cops are there smiling ear to ear in this, in this picture and even let me kind of provide some even more context beyond that, right? Mm-hmm. So one, this is around the time that like stuff happened with Trayvon Martin and okay. Mike Brown and different stuff like that as well too. So that, I mean, that was in the back of my mind knowing that the situation could go totally left. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I was like, man, like if I can use this moment as a positive thing to one, just kind of shift that narrative a bit, put things in a better direction and put out that like, hey, although this could have went very violent and very wrong, like it didn't. So let's, let's, let's enjoy this moment, keep it moving and cool. Mm-hmm. But when I posted a tweet, um, it ended up going viral, like crazy viral. I didn't even expect it to go that big. And like Buzzfeed was hitting me up and, oh, really? and mad publications, like it was going crazy. That's weird so, when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know better than probably any of us, right? <laughs> World record holder. That's right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but but yeah, like so that that whole thing happened and like like we went viral and we we're getting a bunch of interviews and like that that was crazy. So like later on that day we like went to our show, the show went well in the whole nine and like and then we ended up talking about the whole thing, me and all my friends. And then like the next couple of days we all went home back to our where we lived. Like I went back to DC, the homes went back to Florida and like that was it. And we like we were still getting a lot of outreach and publications and things were kind of buzzing but when I got back I had a bunch of my friends hitting me up like bro like I've gone through the same thing with Airbnb like like not even just with, with my situation because like with us it was like the neighbors called the cops right mm-hmm. but with other people like they they would have they would try to book a place and people would see that like this is a black person trying to book a spot and just immediately deny them or mm-hmm. or or some people would have to like like they would try to book a spot mm-hmm. with their regular profile photo get denied and then like they would take like a stock photo of a white person, put that as really? a profile photo. They would try to book and then they would actually get accepted with the booking. So, wow. so that happens. Or is, is this would, just out of curiosity, is this before mm-hmm. or after they put in, um, I, cause I remember the, there was some point in a couple years ago where yeah. they, they sort of put out a specific policy, um, like a specific anti-discrimination policy. Yeah. I want to say it was maybe around three or four years ago. So I'm wondering if this is before or after that. Bro, they created that policy specifically because Noir B&B was invented. Wow. Okay. Okay. Precisely. Go ahead. Like, okay. like okay. our, like them doing that was inspired by us wholeheartedly. Right. Interesting. So, so a bunch of our, a bunch of people hit me up. People that I knew personally, people from around the world were hitting me up. Like, this is like, this is what happens all, mm. all the time. So, and, and just kind of like being happy that I made it through and, and stuff like that. So after the situation kind of sitting around for a bit, I was like, okay, like, there's a real opportunity for us to shift this and make something even more positive come out of this. So initially when a situation happened, besides Buzzfeed reaching out to us and a bunch of other different publications, Airbnb reached out to us directly and they were like, Hey, sorry about what happened. We can give you guys a voucher for future stays. And that was, we appreciated that. But at the same time we were like, bro, like a voucher isn't going to solve the problem. And like, this isn't an isolated case. Like it it can, this can happen again. It will happen again. And Mm -hmm. it might even happen in bigger ways. So, one of the one of the people who reached out to me in Airbnb, like I sent them an email with my idea and and what we had in mind, and they liked it. And what so they was sent this? It to the and, high- what, and what was this idea? So my, my idea initially was I was like, well, look, if Airbnb has a problem with discrimination, let's figure out a way to build a community within their community, so that like so that one people don't face this issue anymore, but also like it shows that Airbnb kind of cares about this issue 
their demographic, their customers, and mm -hmm. wants to actually make some headway and making sure stuff like that doesn't happen again. So yeah. that was initially my idea. So, I mean, like you've heard of VH1. So like you've got like VH1 and then you've got like VH1 Soul, which is like, which is like focused on like the black community and whatever else. So mm -hmm. essentially same concept. Sure. So I sent them kind of like a brief deck and some of my ideas and they liked it so much. They actually ended up flying us out to San Fran to their headquarters. So we had an entire pitch meeting, told them about the idea. They, they had to sit down with their entire black staff, which is like 20 people. <laughs> like, they, like, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> bro, yeah. they did the whole like, hey, we love black people. Like they did the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. shebang, which was cool. I mean, I appreciated it, right? <clears throat> yeah, it yeah. was cool, but um, like we were in negotiation with them for like three to six months and like nothing was really happening. But we told them, we were like, hey guys, like this is, what happened to us wasn't just some flash in the pan, like this might happen again. And a couple of months after the initial meeting, Harvard actually came out with the study and they were like, hey, like they came out with the actual metrics and data showing like just how many people get discriminated against. Like, like one, tons of black people actually get denied from their bookings and not even just that, even black hosts and property owners tend to make less money than white hosts do on their platform. So we had actual data to back what we were, what we were saying. Mm -hmm. So we, we brought that to them. And we had a whole conversation with them and they were kind of like, yeah, we're going to make a statement and just a bunch of PR type stuff. Sure, sure. So we, so we knew that it wasn't going to be a very big thing. Like they, they weren't adamant about solving their problem. So mm -hmm. a couple months after that, this whole hashtag blew up and the hashtag was Airbnb while black. So I sent an email and I was like, hey guys, we told you Harvard and Ivy League institution just told you and now you've got another issue on your hands. Like let's do this let's make it happen mm -hmm. and they gave me the whole yeah we're gonna make a statement and like just another bunch of pr stuff so i said well look i had already bought the domain for noirbnb.com maybe like six months before we decided to launch and announce it and i just kept it on hand because i was like man like maybe we'll never use it but just so i have the domain let me just keep it in and have it on hand so then when after the whole airbnb while black thing took off i said you know what they're not serious about this. Let's just jump out there and see what happens. So my partner at the time, um, she was like, well, look, I'm going to make a landing page. And lit we literally didn't have a logo, no brand, no tech, no anything. We just said, we're going to make a landing page. And it was a Friday. And we said, if by Monday we have 100 email signups, then, we're gonna, then we got something to kind of roll with. So I immediately got on Twitter and did, did, did a whole like, tweet storm about i'm like look guys i'm trying to build the future of black travel like you guys remember my situation here's what we're doing now and i put the whole thing out there and it took off like wildfire man okay. like it was insane and i've got to give a big shout out to black twitter although black twitter can definitely be a very wild place <laughs> without them without them man like the that we wouldn't have gotten as much notoriety and as yeah. much as much virality as we did i mean like they really helped us take off man so it took a, lot, off a, lot people, time. a lot of people right now are going to be thinking, what on earth is black Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, listen, there's a black Twitter. <laughs> listen, man, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, besides, <laughs> besides Trump, black Twitter gives Twitter its viability <laughs> in a lot of ways, just, just from the, from the memes yeah. and the jokes and just the, just the conversation, black Twitter, like, is has to be at least a quarter of Twitter's overall valuation, right? So <laughs> that's an entire other conversation, man. Yeah, yeah. But without them, like, we wouldn't have taken off as big as we did. So like they gave us a lot of love, and we had like by Monday came around, we had like fourteen thousand signups. Wow. At that point, it was like okay, like let's build this thing, let's make it happen, and it was just history from there, man. So like that's that's the essential 
origin story of how no Airbnb kind of came about. I gotcha. And and what are the sort of core values or principles behind the the idea and the company itself? Yeah. I mean, I mean, essentially, the, the, the core premise was that we wanted a place where Black people could find accommodations and not have to worry about being discriminated against. A lot of people actually think that Airbnb is just for Black people and mm-hmm. no whites allowed. And like, like people would email us like, hey, like, I'm, I'm a white person. Yeah. I hate that you guys even had to do this because discrimination <laughs> shouldn't even be a thing. But I want to know if I can sign up and be a host. And I'm like, yeah, like, we would love to have you guys. Because my thing is, like, we wouldn't want to leave a platform that that kind of i don't want to say facilitates discrimination but i mean where discrimination happens mm-hmm. we wouldn't want to go from that platform to creating another platform where we discriminate against people you know, like it just doesn't make opposite. sense yeah yeah exactly right so so like look all things like we're open to everyone no matter well, no matter your race gender your orientation that like just yeah. come and rock with us and like like that's what it's about for us so like yeah, yeah. it's about essentially it's a place where, where people black people people of color can find safe accommodations cool experiences, cool places to go and just connect with other folks who just aren't racist people. So that's the whole concept, man. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I think, cause to be honest, I think a lot of that will just come from, will just come from the name. Right. Cause if someone sees it, they'll just think, Mm -hmm. cool. You know, if I saw a white BNB, I'd be like, "Oh, that's not for." that's not for me. <laughs> no, no. But the the, fun, the funny thing about it is, like, people people literally people literally like some people would like 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 some folks would ask us if they're allowed to book with us, and then we would get we would get like your super Aryan race trolls that are like, "What if we make white BNB?" And, and I'm like, <laughs> I'd be like, "All right, bro, like, go ahead." You know what I mean, like. Good luck, I guess. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, we, we definitely got some of that for sure. For yeah, sure. sure, man. So I was reading, Um, so this leads me up to the blog post that I was reading. Was it just yesterday mm-hmm. or the day before where mm-hmm. you were talking about just some of the, you were kind of venting. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were going through about a lot, a lot of the issues that you had with, um, with, with dealing with the situation. And on this podcast, you know, I'm not particularly keen to, you know, name drop or, you know, throw people yeah. out there. We can we can link the post if people want to, want mm. to read the blog post. But what I found really interesting about it was you, as you were telling the story, you were putting some of the lessons that you learned and which you are mm-hmm. sort of now taking forward. So can you kind of give a little overview for the listeners about what happened there? And I think more importantly, what you learned from it. Yeah, man. Well, so essentially, even when I came up with the idea, um, well, when a situation initially happened and we were getting all those calls from all the different media publications and all that, like my phone was blowing up, my DMs were blowing up, my like everything was kind of going crazy. So one of the people who was there, I'm not going to say her name, you guys can see the post when we link it, but she offered to kind of help me with the PR and kind of man- and managing some of the incoming emails and stuff like that. So I said, and I- I'd actually, one, I was working with her on that event she was the person who actually booked the Airbnb for all of us. And my idea was like, all right, well, she's, she's cool. We're like, we're building, we're building a company for essentially the black community and the black experience. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I kind of hate is the whole gender war that happens on Twitter in general, but the gender war in the black community, like that annoys me a lot too. So I was like, well, look, if we could like the same way I wanted to put a positive spin on the experience that we had with the cops. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, look, let's also put a positive spin on black men and women working together and building something great. So sure. that was my initial premise. And I was like, well, hey, she was there, she helped. And on top of that, she had um, 
she had way more corporate experience than I did. I was like, well, look, let me let me connect with her and let's build this thing, man. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to her to have her help me. And we were building the company. She was she was a person who flew out with me to San Francisco to meet with Airbnb, like like the whole thing, man. So um, so I was like, well, look, I'm gonna have her help me with this whole thing, and and we're, we're just gonna build it from there. And essentially, and like I said, she had a bunch of corporate experience, and she she's also a couple of years older than I am, and had and knew a bunch of people in the in the design field and in tech and what. So I was like, well, look, I'm gonna be CEO. I wanted to make her CPO, uh, I'm saying chief product officer of the whole company. Mm-hmm. And I, I, like, I was like, look, I can get the growth. I can get people to come to this site and sign up and all that one, whatever else. But I don't know anything about building backend tech infrastructure. So if you know folks who can do this, then you do your recruiting thing. I have nothing but faith in you. Mm-hmm. Let's just get this thing to market as soon as possible. So I gave her basically the keys to the castle in a lot of ways to have her build this whole thing. So there was that. And she recruited a bunch of folks who, I mean, I was like, Hey, I don't care who they are, where they come from. As long as if they can do the job, then let's just make it happen. It just so happened. A lot of them were, for, were from the LGBT community, mm-hmm. but also who cares? Cause like, Hey, I don't care if you're gay, straight, whatever. Yeah. Like if you can do the job, do, let's, let's make it happen. Let's build this whole thing. Right. Yeah, so yeah. that was my initial idea. So we were building it for a couple of months and I brought in one of my guys, um, my Nigerian homie G day brought him in. Shout out to all the Nigers and all that. Yeah. <laughs> so appreciate, it. appreciate it. <laughs> you already know. Yeah. So brought him in and we were, we were and, and, and honestly, even that was kind of special to me as well, because I'm like, man, look, like I'm a Jamaican, I'm Caribbean. My, the, the co-founder of the young lady, she was, she's, she's African-American. My boy G-Day is Nigerian. Like we got almost all of the diaspora represented building. I'm like, let's, this is like Wakanda. Like, like, <laughs> like, let's, like, let's make it happen. Right. So I'm all super amped and ready to go. In and, and like, we're like building this thing. And like, there were so many hiccups from us, us trying to choose the right platform to build on and just, just different stuff like that. So to kind of di- diverge a bit, while I'm, while I'm building this whole company, I'm also planning my wedding with my wife. And I've known my wife since I was like 15 years old. She, like, she, like she's also known Rania because like we've, I've, we've done events and my wife has been there and like the whole nine. So like, like I was like, well, look, if I'm gonna get married and we're starting this whole company together, like why not invite my co-founder to the wedding, right? Mm-hmm. So this chick, ironically the wedding date was on her birthday. We had, we didn't even plan that at all, but the wedding date was on her exact birthday. So we invite her to the wedding she was so hype and ready to go like she was she was like up all night and like whatever else but long like long story like she ends up like falling asleep and missing the flight to jamaica misses a couple of flights to jamaica doesn't get there until like nine at night after all the festivities are done like the whole nine so yeah so like she, yeah like so she gets there and mind you it's jamaica i love jamaica my favorite place on the entire planet but it's it's way it's getting way safer now things are getting way better now yeah. but at the time and even, even then it wasn't as bad but at the same time we're like hey you're not from jamaica you yeah. just got here it's yeah. nine at night we don't trust you just just jumping in a cab and going going half an hour away from where we are so no. we said just hang out in our homegirl's room and our homegirl knew her as well so we're like look just hang out in our homegirl's room crash for the night go to your airbnb tomorrow but let's just hang out tonight enjoy the day and cool just do what we do mm-hmm. so we all hung out cool cool vibes and whatever and everything was everything was awesome but but like she hung out with us that night and then the next day she hung out again and i'm not even thinking that like hey like you were probably supposed to leave 
yesterday, but like I'm, I'm in Jamaica, the, the resort's all inclusive. I've got a thousand rum punches flown yeah. through my veins. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just enjoying the vibe, right? Yeah, yeah. So we got married on a Saturday. And by the time Monday rolls around, we get a call on Monday morning, like, hey, one of your guest IDs is still at the front. Um, and like, if they're still here, then they've got to pay that tab. And if they don't pay it, then you've got to pay the tab. And essentially the tab was like $500 a night. So I'm like, hey, I'm not trying to pay that, right? Because I'm just not trying to pay that. Like, it's not, it's not even my thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, so I immediately call my co-founder or text her. I'm like, hey, like the resort is saying that your ID is still here. It's a $500 tab. I don't know what you want to do, but like you might want to go get that taken care of. I'm going to enjoy this honeymoon with my wife. I'll catch you in a bit and let me know what's going on. So like there was a whole dramatic ordeal even from that. Like she's telling us, I didn't even, I didn't even mention this in the article, but she goes like, like, she's like, man, like if I would have known that I was going to stay on this resort and they were going to, they were going to charge me like this and they were, we were going to be surrounded by armed guards. There were no armed guards. It's an, it's an all inclusive resort. Like you don't yeah, even, yeah. you don't even want that kind of ambiance anyway. Right. Yeah, sure. So she gets like, she gets super dramatic and it's like, well, this is why we started no Airbnb. And I'm like, homegirl, let's not even do this. Just pay your $500 tab and we can keep things moving. So, Long story short, like she gave us a bunch of runaround, didn't pay it, got like super melodramatic. Like one of our friends had to help us pitch in and pay for the whole thing. And, then, and like we paid the rest when we were leaving. And like it was just a whole, like it was a week long ordeal, right? So like there was that. So then my wife and I, after the honeymoon, get back to Florida. And like I'm talking to my co-founder and trying to figure out what's going on and, and telling her essentially like, look, whatever happened, happened. We got a company to run. Things are crazy, right? Like, like let's just focus on that and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. So that was my that was my essential mission. But the next thing happened was that, like, we, we ended up having a call about our accounting. It was me, her, and my co- and other co-founder G Day, and we're all on the call. We're like, okay, like, like we should probably bring in an accounting company to figure out the numbers and make sure that we're not spe- overspending and make sure everything, all the bills are paid for and all, just all that type of stuff. So, in, in order for us to even have a proper grasp of where we were financial wise. And let me kind of even run it back because after this article came out, she like, she like told me how I was irresponsible and not paying attention to the money. And what I'm like, look, I'm like, I, I've run businesses before and I'm, I'm running business, multiple businesses. Now mm-hmm. I know the expenses that come with buying and building a website. And we, we had raised about 11,000. Mm-hmm. I knew for a fact that we did, we, we weren't running through 11,000 at that point in time to build a business. I'm so, so like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't need to be watching the money every single second of the day because I'm one, I know how much all the expenses cost already in my mind. So from knowing, I'm, I'm like, like that money is going to be, like, that money can give us six months to a year of runway to build what we're building. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, and, and like I said, I trusted her to do what she was doing. So I didn't even, I wasn't, my mom wasn't even on that. So as, as we're on the call about the accounting and, and kind of running through everything, and, and essentially saying that, that we all need access to, to, the, to the money to see what's going on. She's like, she gets super dramatic and is saying how her mother should be our accountant and we don't, we don't need to hire a third party company. And I'm like, after what happened in Jamaica, I'm like, yo, I don't trust you or your mom or anybody who knows you really yeah. with anything financially related at all. So yeah. let's just go with this outside company. And my other guy, he agreed. So like that, that was what, that was essentially the whole thing. So after that, we were like, all right, like we all need access to the, to the account. And she was like, no, I don't trust him. Da, 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 da. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. So at some point in the, in the, in the, in the conversation, her, like her phone dropped out 
and, I, and, we, and it, it ended up just being me and G-Day on the call. And I told G-Day, I'm like, man, look, I'm sorry about that drama and all the negativity. We're all co-founders. Like, like, let's just be transparent. You, you've earned your role here. As, as, a, as, as the CEO of the company, I'm going to override her decision and I'll give you access to the PayPal and we'll just move from there. But throughout, like somewhere between in the middle of me saying that, she got on the call. She got back on the call, but didn't say anything, but heard <laughs> me say that, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, here, here's the thing, though. I would have said that with her on the call yeah, yeah. regardless because I don't. Sure. it doesn't really matter to me, right? But she yeah. heard that and assumed that we were trying to plan a coup yeah, against her yeah. or whatever, and it became this whole dramatic thing. So after that, she goes, I see what you guys are doing, and da 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 And I got super livid, and I was like, man, look, forget it. We'll revisit this later. And we discussed whatever else we had to discuss, and then we all got off the phone. Yeah. And then the next day, I tried to like log into the PayPal, and I couldn't, and I was like, wait a minute, I know I know the password to this account. Like, why is this password not working, right? So I tried a couple times, still couldn't get in, and then I eventually sent her a text message. I was like, homegirl, <laughs> what is the login for the PayPal? And she sent me this super long text thread about nothingness, mm -hmm. and then like the last text that she sent in that was, I have nothing to hide, but everything to protect. And that drove me mad because I was like, yo, what is this, what is this fake Shakespearean garbage that you're saying even mean to me? This means nothing to me. And like you, like you saying you have nothing to hide means you have everything in the world to hide. <laughs> Clearly, right? So at that point in time, I was like even more living. I said, all right, oh, okay. No. Like, this is a game we're going to play. Something's not right here. I need, I need to get access to this, right? So at the time, Mr. Robot was, like, in their second season, and I was super into the Mr. Robot show and, like, how, like he's a whole – for those of you who don't know, like, he's a, he's, like, he's a tech hacker guy who's, like, just super nice to the computer stuff. So I eventually – I woke up, like, a day or so later around – but one, I could barely sleep just even being – just being so stressed out about everything that's going on. I woke up around 2 or 3 a.m. and I decided to just like hack my way into the account using like multiple like like backup email and refresh like signed up getting getting into the, the the PayPal account and mind you we had raised almost twelve thousand dollars and when I logged into the account Zuby how much money do you think was in that account bro uh less than I mean you've read less than 20 bucks I can't remember off the top of my head but less than 20 bucks, bro Eight dollars <laughs> and fifteen cents was in that account, bro. Oh man! Yeah. So at that point in time, I almost lost it. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, "How is this possible? This is crazy!" I started going through all the transactions, and mind you, like, so she has a company called Wake Up Star, and I'm looking through the transactions, and like, there was like five hundred dollar transactions, like transfers. To her account like multiple of those then wow. like at certain at certain points in time like she must have just gotten lazy she's like she's like forget it he's not paying attention i'm just gonna use the the, the main card like bro she's she's using the card at burger spots down here in miami and she's like and like bro i've been to these burger spots yeah. the tab she ran up there like you must have been buying food and beers <laughs> for like multiple people like you didn't like there's no way you by yourself ran up that tab and then like so also like in the beginning, 
I invited her to come to come up to DC because like Gita was living. I was, like, I was like, let's all be together in the same place and like work on this business. So she flew up and she crashed in my house for like basically a month, three weeks. And I'm I'm like looking on the transaction sheet and like, bro, she's like buying food at restaurants that were. First of all, she bought the tickets to fly up to DC with the company money, right? It's like all the all the places that that, that like went to go. Like she's like buying food on the car. I'm like, yo, like homegirl, like. Like, where's your personal money to like pay for it? Like, like, like our, our accounts aren't your personal slush fund to just do what you want to do with it. Right. Sure. So I'm, I'm like checking the dates, seeing the numbers and the majority of the, exp- of course, there were some companies, but like from like server costs and customer service, like all that was there. Mm-hmm. But the majority of it was just her blowing money fast. Like Rick Ross, like it was, <laughs> <laughs> Bro, big it was it was big me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like for real, like Maybach, I couldn't believe it. Like oh it was gosh. wild. Like, so so like at oh that point gosh. in time, at that point in time, I start taking screenshots of everything because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna need to, I'm gonna need this at some point in time. Mm-hmm. And who knew I would need them for an article three years later, right? But yeah, that's not the point. But like I had to like get all the evidence and like compile it because like if I told G Day and our other team about this stuff, like they, they wouldn't even believe it. And not only them, like our advisors, our like investors, like everybody had to see like exactly what, like what was happening. So I document all this stuff, get screenshots and, and, and I download all the transaction history, like the whole nine and like, like just like locked everything down. But after that, I go through all of our different like heavy accounts, like all our like, like infrastructural stuff. Mm-hmm. And I change all the passwords to come like, look, if I can't trust you with our money, I can't trust you with anything else because like, like you're just not a trustworthy person. So I locked everything so, down. At, at this time, she was still, she was still on board still throughout all this. Yeah, she was on board, but like, literally like, I thought like, bro, I woke up at two, 3 AM and I, and I did this. I spent, I spent from about two, 3 AM till about six in the morning, just locking everything down. Right. Mm. So when she woke up in the morning, she woke up and like dropped a message in her group. Chat. She's like, she, she's like, yo, we're being hacked. We're under attack. I can't get into our accounts. And I respond back to her. I'm like, are you serious? Wow. What's happening? Like, even though I knew what was happening because I yeah. locked everything down, but like, I couldn't, I couldn't let it be known what was happening then because like, like I had to let everybody else know. And just, just so we could all be on the same page. So I spoke to G day about it. And then like the next person that I spoke to was our creative director who was a young lady that she hired. I shouldn't even say young lady because they were all older than me. Like not, not, not to, not to be, an ageist or be yeah, yeah. or whatever whatever the, whatever the term it's, it's, is it's okay you don't need to excuse it yeah right <laughs> but like but but like yeah so i so i told her about it and mind you like this is her like i, I don't think they had spoken for maybe years mm-hmm. but this this lady knew that her the woman who who we hired to be our creative director was like really talented like i mean granted i didn't like her as a person but her design skills mm-hmm. were amazing she she was the person that we needed to choose because like she she got the brand got the vision and she she brought the look that we needed to kind of get it across so mm-hmm. i mean i will never deny her that at, at any point in time right so i told her i'm like yo what's her name stole all the money it's crazy right now this is what's happening i gotta lock everything down like this is what's going on and the first thing she says is one that we shouldn't remove her from the company. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like she, like she just embezzled all of our money 
like, this is going to set us back crazy. Like, what do you mean we shouldn't remove her from the company? Yeah. And then she gave me a bunch of just BS that I can't even remember or recall right now. But then she goes, all right, but if you do fire her, then we've got to be very, like, we've got to be like, like, the, like the big corporate guys and give her a severance package. I'm like, severance package? Like, she just spent her severance package. She just took, she just took the severance package? <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she took it off. Like, the, even then, like, like, what am I going to give her? Like, the, the, the $8? Like, like, yeah. we, like, there's not, there's nothing, like, there's nothing to even give her at this point, right? So that was, like, my red flag with her. But mm. I, I, I just kind of kept it moving because, I mean, while everything is going on, I, I understand the psychology of Black Twitter. And one thing that I know is that Black Twitter loves drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the last thing that I wanted to put out there was because like they were riding for us. Like they, they wanted to see us win. And I'm like, man, the last thing that I want out there is that w- like within the first three months of people even knowing who we are, that we've had to fire our Black female co-founder. Like, I mean, you want to talk about intersectionalism. Like that's, <laughs> that is too big intersections that you don't want to piss off at all right oh so like oh I, 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 so I'm, I'm like man look how do we how do we navigate this in a way where we can keep her on the company things <laughs> don't blow up in our faces and get crazy and mm-hmm. and and put a bad hit like i like i like, like let's just keep it clean and and just move forward so my initial idea was just keep her in the company even if she's just like a figurehead mascot type person like, like, let's just figure it out some way, somehow. But what ended up happening was that we caught her red-handed and she denied everything. And I'm like, bro, I've got proof of this. Like, wh- like what are you even saying? And then, then she got to, like, making stuff up and trying to deny it and spin it. And I'm like, okay, like, this isn't even a person that I can even work with because, like, like there's, no, there's nothing sane that's going to come from this. So... My next phase was like, let's, let's, let's remove her from the company and get her out of there. So eventually we did. And that was an ordeal within itself. I could, I could talk about that all day, but we got her out of the company. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, side note. <laughs> while, <laughs> while this is, while this is happening, right. We like, like we're blowing up an entire other company called Noir BNB with an E. They, <laughs> like, like, the fem- like they, feminine version. Yeah. The, the, the feminine version of Noir BNB, right. <laughs> Like no misogyny, right? <laughs> like, but like they they pop up, and they're literally so they're literally like trying to copy our entire oh business model, yeah. trying, trying to steal all of our users. Like, whenever a journalist like mentions us, or, or we like, or we or we promote an article, they pop up in the replies like, "Hey, we're the other Noir BNB. Come check us out." Like, oh it was my like, gosh, man, bro, ah. it was it, so, so, <laughs> like so 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 like we're we're. So I'm just thinking some people are so shady, man. <laughs> Bro, you want, and, no, like, like, yo, come on, man. Man, the sickest part about it is that initially, like I said, in my, in my idealistic Marcus Garvey vision, right? Mm. When I first heard of them, initially, I wanted to merge with them. I'm like, man, look, we're both two companies trying to serve the same market. Why split the pie? Let's, let's, let's work together. Cause I had, it was me and my co-founder. Mm-hmm. It was him and his female co-founder. I was like, I was like, well, look, let's all partner together and build this whole super Norman B thing, and and let's just and, and like let's let's just corner the black travel market. Like that was my vision. But they were so shady that I ended up having to trademark. I, I, had, I had to trademark our name yeah. and their name because I'm like, hey, like, bro, like, like you're not gonna come up and steal my idea because yeah. 
whatever. Like so to even have the, have the same name though. I mean, like uh, I don't know. It, it, I, I'm I'm obviously an outsider here, but just yeah, dishonesty and people being disingenuous and lying and cheating and stealing like that really grates me. It doesn't matter where it's yeah. coming from. It can be it can be yeah. business. It can be politics. It can be personal stuff. Just you know. That that's why I mean you know we, we'll probably talk about this a little later but you know yeah. with so much of the stuff out there it's just like lying you know <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just like yeah. why yeah. can't people just yeah. be honest man just just be just be honest because if you look at so many problems this is something I've noticed uh, maybe I'll put mm-hmm. like some tweet about this but if you most problems that exist in society stem mm-hmm. from lies right yeah. like, like if yeah. if you see a problem or some drama or whatever and you and you root it back. It's normally because somebody was lying or some people were lying and people are lying. And then once you tell one lie, you can't tell one lie, right? Then you got to tell the lie to cover up the lie and then the lie to cover up the lie. And it just, that's why I'm just like, look, people just, just be honest, just be authentic, have integrity. And yeah, sure. Feathers might get ruffled in some places, Mm -hmm. but in the long term, it's better to just be honest and upfront. Otherwise... Yeah, I don't know. It's just a uh... bro, bro. We live, we 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 live in the we live in the era of narratives yes. because the truth the truth doesn't matter. I would say in real life it does. I would mm-hmm. hope for most, but when it comes to especially like internet stuff, mm-hmm. like whoever can spin the best narrative, especially on Twitter, if you can spin the best narrative, like that's the that's what people are gonna run with, right? Mm-hmm. So. And, and to be honest, like, like in my, in my naivety, right? Like I, I expect people to be honest and upfront and, and forthright, but that's just not the case, man. And I had to learn that lesson, like the very, very hard way, man. So yeah. like, even, even with them, I had to trademark the name and then they got out there and saying that, that I stole the name and like, bro, if you, if you check the, the records of when both of our websites were registered, mine was registered like <laughs> six months before theirs. Like, yeah. like, like, it's like this, like this stuff. It's not, either not way, so undeniable. Yeah, yeah. Un, it's undeniable. Yeah. But either way, like that that's an entire other blog. Like, bro, I need to talk to <laughs> Netflix. I need a Netflix documentary that <laughs> Tiger King has nothing on, on, on what transpired, man. So so there was that. But then so we so we get homegirl out of the company, and that other company had eventually changed their name. I'm not even gonna say what their name is now, but they had to change their name. And, and folks can look that stuff up as well. But so, so that happened. And then after, after we got the initial co-founder out of there, I said, well, look, right. I didn't, I, I don't, I, I didn't want us to get the whole bad narrative of us kicking. Cause I mean, like, like people can, people could spin it as, oh, the, the male, the two male remaining co-founders of Noir BNB kicked out the female co-founder cause they're misogynist, he man, <laughs> oh, woman haters. Like, so I said, well, here's the thing, right? The, the, the narrative. <laughs> I, bro, I see the spin before it happens. Yeah, I already yeah. know how it's going to go down. So, yeah. so I was like, man, look, so that we can avoid that, let's, let's promote our creative director to our new CPO. And e- even then, she was the one who was designing it, the, the, the front end, and, and, she, and she also knew, knew a bit of coding. And it just, so I, was like, I was like, well, look, like, let's make you the chief product, product officer because, I mean, like, you know what you're doing. Your design skills are impeccable. Like, let's just make it happen. She didn't even want to be CPO, actually. Like she, she wanted to be CTO because, like, apparently, like there are there are no male CTOs in tech, and it would have been a cooler narrative for her. And 
and she wanted to, and she wanted to, she wanted to get a, she wanted to get like a co-founder title because co-founders get all the accolades and I'm like this isn't about accolades like let's just let's build the company and solve a problem serve our market and change our lives but either way whatever like cool like I bent the knee and did all that and all that was cool so we so we did that and mind you right her design skills like I said amazing loved it absolutely adored it but she was one of the most difficult people to ever work with in life ever like but I said you know what like I don't have to like you but let's just work together and that was a major mistake because the thing about it is like man look if you want if you're gonna work with folks Mm-hmm. You've got to like them on some kind of level because it's about the culture of your company or your, or, or whatever you're trying to build. Like, like there has to be a bit of camaraderie there. Yeah. And especially, it was almost Especially impossible. with something very small. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like, and, and it was impossible to build it. But in my vision, I'm like, man, I knew what this, I know this thing, I know, I know what it could be and what it can be and what it will be. Let's just get it there. And, and my thing is, I'm like, man, look, I may not like you now, but when we're rich and we're on yachts, I'll probably love you. You know what I mean? But but up until then, let's just get let's just let's just push through. Like that was my that was my mentality, man. So and now that I think about it, like I was really caught up in this limbo of trying to appease the social justice crowd, mm-hmm. but also be an entrepreneur and build a business. And like those things Make they much. don't they clash. They have, they, different, they have like, different different goals. They have different goals, different yeah. found morals, foundations, like mm-hmm. visions. Like they 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 just don't work well, man. No, and so, and you can't satisfy them. This is the thing. You cannot. This is the thing with the whole social justice uh, warrior movement thing ideology. I, I've said this from the beginning, right? I, I never bought into it mm-hmm. one bit because you cannot satisfy these people it doesn't matter like they're going to always be bean counting and you can never get perfect representation of everything and there's always going to be a problem and something is always going to be offensive and you can't use this word and this is problematic and this listing says master bedroom and someone finds that offensive because <laughs> you, you think i'm joking did you see i'm a realtor yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a, like we, we can't we can't even use the term we can't even use that term anymore trust me bro i know i know bro. it's I know. just it's just so nutty and, and it cha- every every two months it changes again it changes again and it's just like man like from the start i was like look i'm not even going to try to appeal <laughs> Because because a lot of people, especially because I'm a musician, right? Of course. Yeah. Right. And in, and in music, right? Music has a heavy, heavy left lean. And, you know, here in the UK, same in the US, etc. And which I think is kind of funny because I actually think a lot of, especially in hip hop, I think a lot of people are actually secretly kind of more right wing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think like they, I, well, I think a lot of people maybe just aren't really political. But I think mm-hmm. if you kind of like boil it down, especially in hip hop, like hip hop is yeah. sort of capitalistic masculine like non-pc genre culture thing out there so it's bro do you know do you know how many rap songs sorry do you know how many rap songs shout out like trump like before he won like oh yeah (laughs) you've got entire people love trump oh yeah people love trump bro yeah yeah yeah. jay-z said what i'm the i'm the ghetto's equivalent to trump or something yeah mac miller had an entire song called donald trump didn't um Ray Schremer has a song called Up Like Trump. Yeah, there's lots lots of them, lots of them. Um, I don't know. I just think a lot of, I think it's, 
like you said, I think a lot of it is is narrative more than sort of truth and actual belief yeah. when it comes to a lot of that. I think a lot of people with with the Trump thing, for example, um, this is coming from from an outsider, someone in the UK. I think I mean it's the same in the UK because you get people who people are sheepish, right? People do the same thing, and I think yeah. a lot of people feel that to be a good person, you have to oppose Donald Trump, right? This is the yeah. narrative they've been sold. So rather the than- Orange man is bad. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that, that's why I find that, that that never stops being funny because it's literally like that, <laughs> right? And, and, and it's funny because Trump has been around, he's been in the public eye for decades mm-hmm. and he didn't become all of these things that you're now saying he is until 2015, 2016, right? The guy's yeah. been around for ages and I never- I never heard all of these accusations and things before. And I was like, wait, so people suddenly flipped, right? Like those women on The View. Donald Trump has been on The View 10 times. Mm-hmm. He's been on The View 10 times. Now you hear what they're saying about him on there. And I'm like, you guys were friends with him just a few years ago. You were having him on and you were cracking, you were busting jokes and you were chilling and hanging. He's been on the show like eight, nine, ten times. Like, and now all of a sudden he he's he's racist. He's a white supremacist. He's he's orange Hitler. He's this. He's that. He's, he's <laughs> railing up. This is Trump's America, and he's creating this and that. And I'm just like, man, people are again. It comes back to being dishonest. I'm like, you people yeah. are not. How am I supposed to take you seriously? Because yeah. I don't have a. Maybe you've noticed this too. I feel like everyone has a. Do you feel like you're one of the only people in the world who has like a memory that's longer than three months? Yeah, I, yeah, I feel definitely. that way. I feel yeah, like people have the shortest memories now something will happen in january and now it's just may and people have already forgotten about and i'm like wait uh hang on here let alone going back further years and the media does this all the time right the media will they'll say one thing in february and then by like march the whole narrative has just but that's (laughs) that's i'm I'm like wait hang on (laughs) but it's 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 honestly it's because of the news like the news cycle is so fast now like 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 a week seems like a month almost like bro do you do you remember when the whole conversation about like net neutrality was up and like the whole world was gonna end and Mm -hmm. now it's like the the internet hasn't even changed at all but like but people like people were like people thought we were gonna die because of net neutrality you know what i mean you remember world war three in january yeah (laughs) 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 just january World Bro. War Three was coming. I was like, you know, and people were, I was saying, I don't think it's going to happen. And people were like, man, like it's going to, I was like, okay. And that's just been forgotten. Um, yeah. And then again, with this whole like coronavirus pandemic thing, I think one of the saddest things about it all is the way it's been politicized and the way it's just being used as a weapon and this and that. And people are just trying to totally change history. People are literally yeah. trying to rewrite the stuff that happened. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I remember like, Two minutes ago, you were saying that masks don't work. Don't wear, <laughs> don't don't wear masks. Don't do this. You had you had you had in the states. You had a uh, Nancy Pelosi. You had these Democrats. They were invite telling people to go to Chinatown, go and hug a Chinese person, go and do this. Don't call it the Chinese virus. Like they were calling it the Chinese virus in the media. The Wuhan virus. <laughs> they were calling it the Wuhan flu. <laughs> And two minutes later, it's like calling it this is racist. And if you do this, you're. I'm, I'm just like, yo, this is in. This is insane. And. Even with the coronavirus reaction, people forget this because in January, people, again, people forgot in January, they were on the, in the impeachment nonsense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That was in January, they were obsessed with impeachment. And you remember the speech that uh, Nancy Pelosi ripped up? Ripped in half, yeah. Trump talked about coronavirus in that. 
in that in that speech. Yeah. <laughs> talking yeah. about coronavirus in the and she ripped it in half. And, she, yeah. and, I, and now they're saying like, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't thinking about it. He had. I'm just like, man, this is insane because it's not even my country. And I'm like, how can a how can a British guy who doesn't even have a TV in his house? How am I so aware and just clearly seeing what's going on here? And other people are just going along with it. Just like it, it kind of scares me. It kind of scares me because I can look back and see how certain things happened in history. Not saying that this is anywhere, not saying this is comparable, but the mm. way people just go along with things, it, it yeah. terrifies me, right? It, it's yeah. scary because you look back at history and I'm like, man, how did certain things happen, right? How could you just get some guy, you know, take the obvious example, right? Everyone uses Hitler, right? But yeah, I've been to Germany many times, right? German people are kind, friendly, decent, sensible. So I'm like, yo, how did y'all do this? Yeah. You know I mean? like, like, like how? How did all of you say this was okay? <laughs> how, how did this happen, right? Same in like Japan, right? You see this, the people don't even talk about the stuff Japan did in World War II, but it's, it's, just yeah. it's like, how did you guys go, how did you go along with this? Like, yeah. what? And now, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare the severity of the things. I'm talking about the psychology. Yeah. The mindset, yeah. Yeah, the mindset and the psychology and the desire to fit in and go along and just listen. I'm like, and the ability to just rewrite a narrative and just just say whatever whatever thing you want people to believe, you just keep repeating it, right? I mean, that's yeah. what Joseph Goebbels, right? I mean, he he was the master but the, of but propaganda. But, and and I was gonna like that is where that is where the game plan yeah. came from, yeah, propaganda, yeah. like Nazi propaganda, <laughs> and like and it and like I, I'm a I'm a college dropout, but my major was like media and, com and communication, and. I, I've always known how powerful media is, mm. but when I, when I was going to school for it, I mean, it feels like forever ago now, but when I was going to school, like there was a level of journalistic accountability and you, and, and you wanted to be objective and truthful and put the facts out there. And like, mm -hmm. that's what it was like. That, that's what, that's what we all thought it was. Yeah. But now it's like, there is, there, there isn't that. It's like, okay, let's, let's push the narrative. Mm -hmm. Let's push the clickbait. Let's, tell them what we want them to think and say it a bunch of times yeah. and people will eat like this to the point where like now I can't even have political conversations with most folks because I'm telling if, if I, if I say something objective, people are like, well, you sound like a Republican. Or you sound like, <laughs> yeah, where's your, right, where's okay. your, where's your MAGA hat stuff? Bro. It's insane. It's insane. Like I, I like I don't even know. if I were American I say this clear like I don't I don't front if I were American I would vote for Trump but a lot of the times when people call me a Trump supporter or say mm -hmm. that I'm quote unquote defending Trump all yeah. I am doing is telling the truth someone else is saying some some nonsense that they heard from someone else who spouted some nonsense and I'm saying no this yeah. is not true I have objective I can show you the video clip you're saying oh he said this in a video I'm saying no look let me well, this is the video Watch it, right? You get the biggest lie. People say he's called, the biggest one, people always repeat that he called white supremacists very fine people. Very fine people, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And that one is, that, that, that's like scary propaganda because yeah. he said the opposite. He, yeah. lit he literally, clearly says, I am not talking about these people because they should be condemned totally. I'm not talking about the white nationalists and the white supremacists. And it's like millions and millions of people run yeah. with this many years later saying yeah. that when I'm like, okay, someone's there telling me about how he's racist and he's this and that. I'm like, okay, tell me what he said. Tell me what he said that was racist. Nine times out of 10, 
it's that, oh, he said that, uh, and I'm like, that is not, and then people are, oh, but yeah, you're just a Trump supporter. And, you know, and I'm just like, good grief. Like, this is, this is scary. <laughs> and, and <laughs> this is like, kind of disturbing. Like, it's, yeah. it's funny. It's funny that you even say that because like that, this actually, this actually started for me during his, like, cause I remember my whole thing is like I said, I look at politics from the outside looking in because sure. the whole thing is a show for me, honestly. Mm. Right. So I remember, I remember seeing when Trump announced that he was going to run for president and I was like, Oh, this is going to be so good. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to watch. I'm going to watch everything this guy says. Right. Yeah. So he was doing a speech and his first speech when he was talking about like building the wall and, and, and things that were happening. Like I watched the speech and then I watched media publications say he said he thinks Mexicans are rapists and yes. criminals. And yes. I was like, I was yes, like, yo, like, I, was like, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. That's I was like, yo, one. I I watched that whole speech and he didn't, he, he didn't say that. That's, yeah. that's, that's not, that's not what he said. Yeah. And like, it's been, it's, it's been, it's been that a thousand, like, okay. Yes. Most recent one I can think of, Trump said, you sh- he, people should drink disinfectant. You know? <laughs> inject, inject, inject Lysol into your veins. I was like, I was like, bro, like, yo, I literally had to block people that I was cool with. I'm like, yo, you're spreading mental illness i can't even i can't so i'm like it's and it's like and like the thing about it is that like i honestly i i hate the fact like i said like in my naivety i'm thinking that we're supposed to be honest here like Mm. let's let's be truthful so when i like when i see blatant lies like i i literally i i hate i hate that i i am this way because like i'm seeing the false narratives be put out and me being who I am, I've got to be like, he didn't say that. That's, yeah. that's like, even, even, even with Kanye, people were like, Kanye said that slavery was, I'm like, bro, you, he didn't say slavery was a choice. You watched a 10 second TMZ clip mm-hmm. and they, they, they pushed that in your mind. And now yes. you think that Kanye was like, we could have mm-hmm. just, like, that's not what he was saying, bro. No, but like he now. Was, he was saying there were, there were how many thousands of you that sounds more like a choice to me. That was closer to the actual thing he said. Like basically, like honestly, like 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 we like we should have and could have probably fought, fought back. back. Fought back, yeah. And but but we we just we just didn't. And that's yeah. and that is that is also even a sign of how people can be mentally controlled and mentally mm-hmm. enslaved because it's like it's like in modern times you would think how would so many of you yeah. let that happen and 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 be subjugated like that, mm-hmm. but. That hasn't changed in a lot of ways, and like, yeah. Man. Do, do, you, do you know? The, do you know the a big problem? This is a, this is a shift that has happened. There's there's lots of weird shifts that have happened, but one thing I've noticed is that in the past, you used to be able to talk and say things um, mm-hmm. publicly and privately with the assumption that people would take the most charitable, um, that people would give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Right. People yeah. would take the most charitable version of Mm -hmm. what you said so kanye says something like that and you think okay what he meant he didn't he didn't state it perfectly but what he meant is oh why didn't people fight back like there's a mental slavery aspect here not that Mm -hmm. not that people going to africa and taking people on ships was like they went by choice right that's that's not clearly not not what he's saying right because he's he's not psychotic um (laughs) right (laughs) <laughs> or you know Donald Trump said this and okay he did he he talks in a brash way he didn't word yeah. it in the perfect way or what but you know if you said that in 
1995, maybe even 2005, yeah. people would get, okay, this is yeah. what's meant by it. But now it's like you have to state things in a way that the most despicable, most dishonest person out there who is will, is least likely to give you the benefit of the doubt, even they cannot misinterpret it or get confused or clip you out of context or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but they will. Yeah, yeah, they still will. But it's like that's that's really ruined people's ability to talk and have discussions and have debate, et cetera, because it's like everyone's just waiting to catch someone out or they they misspeak. Mm-hmm. Oh, they said the wrong word. So you take that one bit of a one hour conversation and this is the yep. and, and they've done it to so many people. I've seen I see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. Can't we just be. You know, just 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 be honest, right? We know what people are trying to say. So if if it sounds like someone said something totally wild, firstly, if in doubt, why don't you just go? Sorry, wait. What did you say there? Can you clarify yeah. that? Yeah. Simple, right. Simple. Yeah. What did you, what did you mean by that statement? Easy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's frustrating. I I do hope that I don't know. I do hope that that changes just for sort of the sake of society and yeah, culture yeah. and people being able to get along with each other because. You know, people are going to be, people are different. People are going to have different opinions. People are going to debate. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we do all need to get on with each other. And mm-hmm. in the grand yeah. scheme of things, like stuff stuff is pretty good. You know, I know the world's not perfect. I know UK, the UK is not perfect. America is not perfect. But yeah. you've got people acting like it's the, the 1930s or something. And I'm kind of like, yo. Uh, you know, but, okay. see, but see, but here's the thing, right? Like, I mean, like you just said, <laughs> things aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is that, Things are too good yes. right now, yes. and things are things are so good mm-hmm. that people, human beings, just in general, need some form of adversity. Right? It's almost like I mean, bro, you're you're a fitness guy. Like, I'm a fitness. I'm not a. I'm not as. I'm not as nice as you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but but I love I love the feeling of working out and seeing that seeing your body change and tra- not even just your body, but your mind. And like, I love the, tra- I love the transformative aspect of working out. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like when you watch an old superhero movie, not star Wars, where everyone's has all the powers and they're perfect. But like, like in old movies, like where, like where you would, where you would see the guy train and he's getting beat up at first, but then he's like, he's getting better or whatever. Like, like I love that aspect. Whereas now it's like, there isn't any adversity. So people have to, make up adversity and it's like it's like okay like trump is hitler but like <laughs> where's the where's the mass genocide bro like yeah. there there is there isn't any of that you know what no, i mean and, no. and and people will say like but what about the cages hashtag obama but yeah, yeah, you, either- <laughs> you notice how that one's gone right how quickly did that just yeah. like that, that narrative what happened to the concentration camps on the border that was all the rage not so you know this is the thing it's, people it's, just forget stuff and, and and what it's like I said, it's a news cycle, yeah. but also, it's it's them it's them perpetually crying wolf. Yes. Every single time, and on top of that, I mean, like, bro, like, I'm Jamaican, like you're Nigerian. Our countries have gone through some very real things in recent history, like in the past hundred years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, the honestly, the U.S. has too. Yeah. But yeah. like, things are things are so good that. A lot of people have lost total historical context of just how bad things can actually. And to be honest, I think that I think people 
they want things to be bad. Like people yes, wanted do. a World War III yeah. and, and, and they want Corona to be more deadly than it is because it's yes. like, then, then, they, then they can use it as a, a weapon. Gotcha, mm-hmm. a weapon. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like, like they act like they're good people, but you can't be a compassionate and really empathetic person if you want that type of suffering just to yes. prove your narrative. But like, this is what people want. And it's like, and even to your point of, even to your point of like people like taking things out of out of out of total context, like bro. Speaking of even like 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 what's happening with my company, I've had folks pull up tweets from 2009, 2011, 2012, and be like, "See, he's a homophobic misogynist." Da 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 da. da. Mm-hmm. And I've had to have like even my like I had my gay friends pop up like, bro. He's not that person. Like, what are you? What are you <coughs> even talking about? But like, but whatever, whatever people can use against you to make you to demonize you, yeah, they will, man. And and like, like you said, man. Like, at my core, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a humanist in a lot of ways, right? Yes, and it's yes. like, man, like, like I, I want, I want humanity to be the best it can be in all facets. Mm-hmm. And if we can't have intellectual, honest and respectful discourse yeah. without assuming the worst about each other, then there we're, we're not going to get much further than we are. Like in a lot of ways, I mean, it's so funny. It's so funny. Like that you said 95, between 95 and 2005, because I moved to America in 95. Okay. And I think, I think that the nineties were actually like in a lot of ways, the apex. They got of, the balance. They got the balance. Like, it was, yeah. it was like, it was like, that was the yeah. equilibrium right there. Yeah. And then after that, Especially after like nine eleven, things just mm-hmm. went haywire, man. And social it's like, media, and I, yeah, and, oh. and social media. It's just like and, fuel on. The fire. Yeah, it's, it's bro, on it's fire. gas yeah. on yeah. the fire, and I just wish that we could get back. And I'm almost hate sounding like a man back in my day. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I know, I know. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I'm the same. We're both we're both young guys, and I feel the same way. Yeah, it's like I, I'm I'm almost on a get off my lawn like type of vibe right now, but I just. I wish that we could get back to just being regular folks who could have a conversation and just be cool with one another, man. Because yeah. if we're going to always be at each other's necks and we can't even be cordial, like, bro, like you can't even tell a joke anymore. And I don't even want to get to that thing because it's like you, you got to be politically correct. And like, yeah. I'm not even saying it. it's like, bro, like, let's wow. just be human again. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Do you know, do you know a, lot, a lot of it is, you know, I've, I've got two, two thoughts on this. I think one yeah. is just that society is being too hormonal, right? Emo- yeah. Emotional. Emo- yeah. The, the emotion is overriding reason for far too many people, right? Mm-hmm. It's like society as a whole is like, I don't know, someone won't like this, but, you know, it's like a, a woman on her, on, her, on her period or something, you know, like we we've been on, the, on on it we've been having a, the world's been having a period for like the past yeah. <laughs> 6 or 7 years right so it's it's not yeah. rational it's not rational it's not yeah. like the emotion is taking over the clear thinking and the it's just just temperamental and volatile and people people have a hair tr- you know it's like a hair trigger like people want to be angry people want to be outraged people want to just jump you know what do they call it biting at the chomp just like they just yeah. want to and i'm like look just be reasonable. I like just be, be rational, be rational. Yeah. And then a, another thought I have is, you know, cause a lot of people are questioning about like division and divisiveness and this and that. And 
I have a very simple theory, which I maybe this is just a very a very simple conclusion that I have ultimately reached, which is that people are divided because they want to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really think that's what it boils down to, whether it's, you know, red and blue or black and white or men and women or whatever. There is just a small per- I think it's a small percentage. There's a small percentage yeah. of people who just kind of like it. They, maybe they they probably won't. They probably wouldn't say it out loud. Yeah. But they, they like it. They, they, they get off on it. They like the red versus blue thing. They like the black versus white thing. They like, you know, the, the man versus woman thing. And unfortunately, it seems like a lot of those people have quite a lot of sway and, and power yeah. and influence. And so mm-hmm. the normal people, most people who don't care about all this stuff, end up getting dragged into it and being being sort of forced to care about it, right? I, yeah. I haven't given a crap about what color someone's skin is ever, right? Yeah. <laughs> like from age three, like I ne- I've never cared. Mm-hmm. And it's almost yeah. like people are trying to force me to care. Do you see what yeah. I mean? And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. Look, I th- I've, been, I've been over this since I was a baby. So yeah. 30 something years later, why, why are we now still having <laughs> why are we still having to do this kind of thing you know men it's, and men and women need each other we know this yeah men, men and women are like this is how we yin exist. and yang yes yeah. yin, this is how we exist yeah so when i see someone who's trying to create like animosity when i'm seeing like hashtag men are trash trending on twitter or kill kill all men or you know white men this black men that da, da, and i'm just like what's what's your goal here you're, you're claiming yeah person you're claiming to be a good person but all you're doing is sowing these seeds of division because mm-hmm. you're now that's you know men men are not evil women are not evil right you, and, you, and then you get the reactionary movement on the other side of people going oh well if you're gonna say that well i'm gonna say and it's just like come on guys like yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think i think that it's the it's the it's the thing where everybody needs an adversary. Like, have you have you watched any of any of the the recent Michael Jordan documentary? I have not. No. Well, so one of the things that that Michael Jordan used to do and would do is that, like, he would he would almost make you an enemy. Like, even if even <laughs> all right, so like, granted, a lot of people that he made enemies were legitimately like people who like said something to him and like kind of challenged him. Okay. And there were some people who like didn't say anything to him <laughs> at all. And he would just destroy them just yeah. because like, I've got to, I, I have to make you an enemy in my mind so, yeah. so that I can, I can do, do what I need to do. And like, I think that in a lot of ways, like people, people just need adversaries to, 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 to I guess, fulfill whatever their mission is. But also mm. I think, I think that a lot of people, I mean, it's human nature to want to belong whether it be to your family or to some kind of group or gang or whatever it is, right? So it's 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 that on steroids, basically. Like 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 that people 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 want to people want to create that enemy where the mm-hmm. enemy isn't even there just for validation. Yeah. And, and 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 other folks who, who who may be very impressionable. Like they, they need that feeling of, of adversarial overcoming. Mm-hmm. So they'll join in that fight, not even really having an issue, honestly. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah bro, it's, 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 it's tribalism, you know, human beings yeah. are inherently tribal and you know, there's yeah. a good, there's a good side to, to tribalism. It's uh, very valuable yeah. in many contexts, but the, where you divide the lines of the tribe is, is very, very important. And mm-hmm. uh, cause if you have an in-group, you automatically have an out-group. 
So yeah. my yeah. theory, like my sort of utopian vision, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> would be look the widen the bat, make the tent as big as possible. Yeah, right? it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, of course you have subgroups within that tent, but you can be you can be pro one thing without being anti another. Yeah. Right? And this is the problem. This is why I really don't get involved in any like movements or mm-hmm. yeah. even politically. I don't like to label myself because yep. so many people take take in these movements make being pro one thing anti the other. So yep. by, by the dictionary definition, by the perfect dictionary definition, there is nothing wrong with feminism by the dictionary definition. Yeah, by the, right, right? I agree. Right. There's nothing wrong with feminism if you read what it says. But in reality, right, to anyone who's actually exists in the real world and has yeah. encountered some of these people, you know that a lot of them are very anti-men, right? It's, it's yeah. anti-men, smash the patriarchy. Crush, like it's, it's not, uh, it's very antagonistic. It's yeah. not a, okay, we just, we want this thing, you know, same with, you know, if a, a lot of people who claim to be pro-black, right? Mm-hmm. It ends up being anti-white. Yeah. It's pro-black yeah. to the point of, okay, you're all you're just now being a black supremacist, basically. Yeah. Just like, and then someone who's pro-white, they end up being like a white super. Like in theory, again, by by a perfect definition, there yeah. is nothing wrong with being pro-man, pro-woman, pro-black, pro-white, whatever, whatever right? Yeah. I, technically, I'm all of these things. Mm-hmm. But yeah. right, but the people who define themselves as those and then create the movements and whatever. It just becomes so antagonistic and hostile and aggressive. And it's just like, you know what? I, I just kind of put my hands out and I'm like, you got to back out. Yeah. <laughs> drop drop yep. me out of this. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not getting involved here. Right. I have no, mm-hmm. I have no beef with any demographic. Of yeah. people, right. I, yeah. I have no, I'm not, you're not going to drag me into this hating white people nonsense. You're not going to drag me into this hating women nonsense. Like I'm just, no, like that's not, yeah. It's not how I was raised. It's not my values. I don't think it's morally correct. I don't think it's even, I don't think it's even accurate, right? You can't just yeah. take one. These things are huge, groups of billions of people, right? I'm not going to judge. Yeah. You, you, you meet five bad women. And so you decide that like all, all women, yeah. <laughs> all, all of the, I'm like, come on, man. Right. Come on. If you meet one black guy who is like terrible, that doesn't yeah. mean that every, every black or man. Every one of us. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's just Bro, like come on, like, just use your, use your head. Like let's be let's be rational. Let's be reasonable. It's like I mean, like like I would I would consider myself pro black. I'm a Rasta. I love yeah. Marcus Garvey. Like that's my whole vibe. Mm-hmm. I got tons of white homies. Like yeah. yo, white people love me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like like it is what it is yeah. is what it is. And and, and, and like I'm like I'm, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna because I because I love myself and my culture. That doesn't mean yeah. that I hate anybody else yeah, I like like i don't even need to do that because like it's it's lame it's unnecessary and it causes further division than and, and we already have enough of that and we don't need any more of that you know what yeah. i mean like like bro and like you said like even even to the point of like feminism like by definition i would consider myself a feminist because i believe in the equality of men and women you know what i'm saying but 90 something percent of the country probably does yeah, right. But but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like one of these losers who is like, <laughs> the yeah, like, female. yeah, the future is female and, <laughs> and 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 men are and all men are bad and and, and we're so we're so bad and I'm like, bro, like, nah, no. man, like, like, like I like 
I grew up around women who are incredible yeah. bosses, yeah. leaders, like real matriarchs. And yeah. also like the men in my family, the men, my, like, men that I associate myself with, like kings, stand up dudes, fathers, businessmen, husbands, like, yo, mm -hmm. like I know what it's like to, to be around good men and women. And I think that all of us do, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you, if you, if you get on the internet and, and some folks will say like, yeah, like, men are trash doesn't mean all men are trash. And it's like, well, yeah. change, the, change the terminology. <laughs> change, exactly. Like why, why even, why even say that? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I mean, like it's, it's, it's like, it's like, bro, like at the end of the day, we need each other. We compliment each other. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's like, yo, let's, and, and on top of that, we both bring great things to the table. Right. Yeah. So let's, let's use our powers for good and see, and like where, where I'm lacking, Someone else may have that skill set, and let's bring that all together and do something great. But like you said, and like that's almost a utopian vision. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And yeah. and really, it shouldn't be. You know like, what? It's it, 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 it's crazy. I mean, I'll, I'll again. I think that there's a minority of people who really sort of like sort of corrupt everything, right? Yeah. I think that we're saying this is utopian. I think that ninety percent of people in mm -hmm. the UK and the USA are already there. And would be like yeah. nodding their heads to everything we're saying, right? Yeah, totally. I just think there's always that ten percent who just you know, there's just that ten percent who are just they're the like, loud. No, they're, like, they're the they're the loud minority. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, they're, they're loud really minority. loud. They're really influential. They always get into like human resource positions, or they end up becoming like moderators on these social media websites. Like they're just they end up in politics. They end up in places where you. You know, they start dictating to everybody else, and it's like, yo. No, but, we were, but Zuby, yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to know why that is? Go ahead. And I'm, and I'm sorry to cut you, but the the reason for that is, and it even ties back to what you were saying about how the like 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 the 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 definition of feminism is one thing, and what it's become, and it's not even just in feminism. The reason why these people end up in these positions is because their goal isn't equality yes. their goal isn't to be good people their goal is power mm -hmm. and authority mm -hmm. and in their power seeking and their authority seeking they get any in these positions because they want them because they know what it, they know what these, what these positions mean mm -hmm. and they want to wield that power to control the narrative whether it be in media or pop or like whatever like they because their main goal is power they mm -hmm. get there and they're they're loud and they they try to sway what people think. But like, I think, like you said, like 90% of humans just based on our human nature would probably would, would, would fight that. Yeah. I think, I think the thing, yeah. the thing about it is that one, m most of us have lives and bills and mm -hmm. families where like, we don't have the time to even be counteracting that. No. But like, you've got guys like us who want it, who are on the internet, who are like, that <laughs> doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy you know yeah. what i mean but like but like but in, i feel like in a lot of ways it seems like we're outnumbered but people rock with us and resonate with us because in a lot of ways we're almost speaking for them in yeah. in, in, in a lot of angles you know what i mean yeah. and it's granted, I don't, sil I don't, silent majority yeah uh, that is a that is a real thing that is why trump won mm -hmm. that's why he'll win again mm -hmm. because you people can't publicly come out and say that they like him or they agree with him or that he's cool. But like, yo, they're in their living rooms, either <laughs> cheering him on or just dying laughing because he's pure comedy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But like, 
like like they will not say anything publicly but when they go to the to the ballot box mm -hmm. they're voting for him and they're voting they're gonna they're voting right in a lot of ways because it's yeah. like the left and to be honest like my entire life i would have considered myself a liberal or on the political left or whatever whatever as yeah. i think a lot of people would because i mean we're just humans but like i wouldn't but yeah <laughs> right, right. But, 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 I've like always just been like, <laughs> but, 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 but see, but like that to me, but like, I remember being, I remember in the nineties, there was like the super like evangelical, oh, okay. right? Yeah. The, the super right? like religious, and, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and like, and I think that like just seeing them mm. and how crazy they were had a lot of us like, yeah, I'm not that like yeah, gra yeah. granted, I'm not, I'm not super leftist and no, no. I, I think that I, I think that most people would be in the middle but the way the way that the way that the right was framed it was mm. like yo i want nothing to do with that yeah, I but, but i would consider i would consider myself pretty in the middle as well you know what i mean yeah. and but it's, now it's, it's turned around <laughs> yeah it's, it's like full yo the left is evangelical not because they're religious yeah. but because their ideology is their religion mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah. so it's pushed it's pushed the, the the window has shifted to where even if you are in the middle or even center left, <laughs> you're you're basically you're conservative. All right now. <laughs> you're conservative. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it's I got crazy, I got man. an email from someone today. I got an email from someone today, uh from Ohio. And he yeah. was just like, Man, he was like, Yo, last month I came across your podcast. <laughs> He's like, I've been I've been a Democrat voter my whole life and like something he watched the one i did with uh brandon struck the the walk away founder yeah. and he would what did he say it, it there, there was something that happened a couple weeks ago i think one something in the sort of news media that made him just go wait like what and then he just yeah. went down he just went down this rabbit hole <laughs> so I, ended up on, I ended up on your podcast i ended up on your twitter page he's like yo i've been believing like some nonsense <laughs> i was like yo this is amazing Literally, I mean, this like whole long email. I was just like, "Wow, like, good for you, man. bro, bro." Elon Musk just tweeted, "It's the red pill, bro." Like, it's reached a fever pitch, bro. Like, it's yeah. gone too far. It's yeah, gone too it, far, man. It has, man. Awesome, bro. We can we could talk for a long time, but um, yeah. let people know where they can find you online and check out more of what you're doing. Bro, you can check me out on, at, of course, on Twitter, Instagram. At Steph is dope. S T E F I S D O P E. Steph is dope. On my personal website, Stefan Grant. S T E F A N G R A N T. dot co. Stefan Grant. dot co. You can join my email list. I'm also I'm a real estate agent. If, if you if you're in the states in Florida, you need a house. I can help you out with that. And uh, yeah, I, I need to get like you and revamp my podcast. I'm bringing that back. Um, my YouTube channel as well. I'm, I'm doing that. Going to be putting out a lot more content, man. So yeah, just step is dope on Twitter. Hopefully, I don't get deplatformed. Knock on when I want to mess with your mic. <laughs> but yeah, man, um, support me. Follow what I'm doing. And uh, Zuby, thank you for the opportunity. And matter of fact, before I even wrap it up, I gotta let folks know, man, because I didn't even get to finish telling them the story about what happened. And I'm not even gonna draw it out. But our former team member, after everything that happened, she got on Twitter and was telling people that. Um, because I blocked her because of some article her cousin posted, which is like super talking about how black men are the white people of black, like it was some whole wide thing. So, so I, so like I, so after she left the company, I trolled that article and she must have saw that she was blocked after we stopped talking, whatever. And she went and accused me 
of not paying her and like created a narrative that I'm some black man who steals and hates black women and like crazy stuff. So the reason why I wrote that post is to clear my name because I let social justice warriors create narratives about me and lie about me and, and falsely frame who I am and that's not who I'm about. So hopefully if you watch this interview, you got an idea of who I am and what I'm about. It's all positive vibes. And Zuby, I appreciate you for the platform. Thank you, man. And yo, much love to what you're doing, brother. Thank you. Much love, bro. Appreciate it, man. They, they tell me that I shouldn't and I tell them that I will They tell me that I'm cocky and I tell them that I'm ill This game is not a hobby, I go in like kamikaze Burn up tracks like Ricky Bobby, man, you catch, you know the drill